to have everyone here. Um, wow, I am so excited. Um, you know, there, there's just, there, there's, there's times when, when um, it's not that God isn't always working. It isn't that somehow, you know, God's not present. He's omnipresent. So he's everywhere all the time. But there are these moments, that, and you'll see this throughout the Bible, you'll see this throughout history, when, when God just sovereignly begins to do something. And, um, and so I just, I'm stirred. I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I feel like that uh, there's some things happening. Um, and, it's, and it's a real prayer movement that's, that has started, and it's, and it's broke out in some places. And I thank God it's broke out among some universities uh, Asbury, the big, you know, the Methodist University up in Kentucky, they, for all this week now, they've been going 24 hours a day in prayer and worship and just, I mean, just a move of God. It's a holiness movement, real re deep repentance is happening, open confessing of sin and turning away from those things. And now busloads of other university students have been coming to, to uh, experience the move of God and what's happening there. You got another Baptist revival that broke out over in Georgia that real similar uh, occurrence is happening. Come on, if God can do it there, he can do it here. And, uh, and, and I've been stirred about prayer. And, and, um, and I'm hearing this for some key church leaders uh, that, um, that where there's a, real, there's a real movement in this and, uh, and a call to prayer. And I don't know about you, but... Um, how many of you feel like that you struggle with just consistent prayer and knowing how to pray? And, and there's a lot of dynamics and a lot of, you know, I didn't see a whole lot of hands. There's there just a few of us heathens still around here, you know, that's still working on this, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I, I don't always pray as I should, you know? And, and I think the, the early disciples, even those, those years that those early disciples were with Jesus when they show up right before Jesus is going to be crucified. So they've spent some years with him, and they're in that garden before he's going to go to the cross. And in that garden, he says, he, he, he tells them to pray, lest they enter into temptation. And then he, he goes away to pray, and he comes back, and they're all asleep. And he's like, could you not tarry one hour? Come on, how many of you are going, one hour of prayer? What would I do? <laughs> And, I, and, I, and I've been there, but at the same time, I also know what it is to spend some of that time, sometimes hours in prayer. I have been there. And so I want to talk to you today about learning to pray, and, and I hope that, that, that there, this, this kind of gives you a, a combination of some inspiration. You know, if all we have is inspiration, all you're going to do is sometimes perspiration. <laughs> you know? You can, you can have ideas, but, but we, we, need, we need practical, here's how we do it. And so I'm hoping to help do some of that. Let's just, let's just commit this to the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for our time today. And God, we just honor you. And we just give you this room, give you this place in our hearts and our lives. And Father, I thank you, God, for just using me to speak as an oracle of God with prophetic utterance and with your heart of love and compassion. And Father, that you will accomplish great and mighty things in our lives today. And that, Lord, that, uh, that already just the things that you're moving and working and doing in this place, God, that you'll just enhance that so that when we leave this place today, it was much more than inspiration. It was truly transformational. 
Because it's you. It's you moving on our hearts. You moving over your word. Watching over your word to perform it. God, it's you showing up. God, it's not just us. Father, we fall so short. But God, we know with you, nothing is impossible. And so, Lord, do what you do best. Show up and be big today in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I want to I give you a, 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 couple of, a couple of things. Because there's a lot of dynamics to prayer. There is, there is what I call believing prayer. I experience this for salvation. Most of you that have, that have given your life to Jesus, you also. It was, it was from a place of just an act of faith, believing God's word. For me, I didn't go to church. I, didn't hear a, I, didn't, I wasn't at a Billy Graham crusade. I didn't get to hear the gospel. I didn't, I didn't have any of those kind of paradigms or, or experiences or any kind of foundation to that. And... Um, and so for me, whenever it was there in my bedroom and I'm reading my Bible and I'm wanting to get right with God, I knew that I was messed up. Come on, sometimes self-awareness is a good place. And, and so I knew that change needed to happen. But if you're not careful, we'll attempt to turn over a new leaf. We'll attempt to bridge the gap between us and God. But that gap can't be bridged by us. There's only one way that, that that bridge can be gapped, and his name is Jesus. And when I was there in that place, I prayed this prayer. I said, God, just show me what I need to do. And I looked down at my Bible, and it was open to John 14, and it was like verse 6 just illuminated. It lit up on the page where Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. And it was like in that moment, boom, faith came. Why? Because the hearing of God's word produced faith. And I put my Bible on my chest. I was laying there in my bed, and, and I just laid my Bible on my chest, and I just prayed the most simplistic prayer of surrendering my life to Jesus and declaring, I believe, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I give you my life. Now, I opened my eyes. I didn't know what to expect. Believe me, it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of supernatural or spiritual encounter that I had. I, was not, I wasn't raised in that kind of background. I didn't understand that kind of stuff. Matter of fact, when that, that appearance of the Holy Spirit was there before me, it scared the bejeebers out of me. I thought, what in the world? You're seeing stuff. And I rolled over and hid my face in my pillows and trying to talk myself down. You're just seeing that. That's not real. It's, and, man, the power of God came on Walt Landers, and I was transformed. I was never the same. Believing prayer. And you don't always fully comprehend it. It doesn't always make sense in the natural. You can't always figure it out with your mental intellect. That's the problem with many people. That gets in the way. But it's heart faith that moves God in God's Word. Believing prayer. You know, we've seen all kinds of other types of prayer. It, deep intercessory prayer that sometimes you can be moved into to begin to move in this situation. I remember one night we were, uh, we were out and we were doing some ministry. So we just, we just decided to, you know, go out on the streets. And so we went to the park down here in San Angelo. And we were going to start on one end and walk through and just tell people about Jesus. Come on, how many think that's cool? Some of you going, oh, I would never do that. Well, we, we were just radical enough, and we just got caught up in this thing. And so we were walking through there. But before we started, we joined hands in a circle, and we're praying. 
And someone was praying, and they said, God, show us who you want us to talk to. Lead us by your spirit. And as they're praying that, it's like I just had this open, you know, just this vision of this guy that was sitting up on the park bench. He wasn't sitting in the seat at the bench. He was sitting up on the table, and his feet were down. And, and I just, I could see the guy. And so we, we start, and we're walking, and as we're walking through the park, I, I'm, I, you know, they're witnessing to this person and that person, and, and I mean, I'm like, a, I'm like a hound dog, man. I'm after something. I'm like, God showed me someone. And so I'm looking for that person, and I'm looking, and we're like all the way through, and we're coming up to the very end of the, the park, and lo and behold, there's a gentleman that's sitting on top of the bench exactly like I saw when we prayed. Come on. I go up to him. Now, how many of you think, whoo, I mean, God showed you that. I mean, this guy, he, he must have got the, I mean, the full enchilada. I mean, he just, he must have been ready. No, he's sitting over there and minding his own business. And I walk up to him, and I start sharing, and he lets me know very quickly he's Muslim. How many think that deterred me? No, that just, that was like sickle. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. God done pulled your number, buddy. And I, he didn't show me you for nothing. And so he, he lets me know. So it's kind of like this defense now, you know, of don't, don't mess with me. And I'm sharing with him, and I'm working that, and it's a little confrontational. And then, boom, nothing, nothing, nothing happens. And so I, I go on. It wasn't just a couple of days later. I'm going into the mall, and there he is. I'm like, hmm. So I greet him. And I, and I start some more dialogue with him, get nowhere. Then, about a week later, I was working for a local construction company running a backhoe and doing a job. Built, I was digging foundation footings, these ditches at ASU, and they made a new hire for a laborer that was going to be shoveling dirt out of the ditch behind me, and I look up, and guess who it is? Come on, folks. And I'm, I'm sitting up there because I nearly run this thing with my eyes closed, you know, and I'm just up there and I'm doing it, you know, and digging this ditch. And, and I'm praying for him the whole time. God, you got him. And I'm just praying over him. And, and I felt like God gave me a word. And part of that prophetic word was for his life that someone was praying for him. So at break time, we're sitting over there and we're talking and I just looked at him, and I gave him this word, and I said, I said, and you have a family member that is interceding. They're praying for you. And he looks at me, and he said, my brother is a minister, and he told me he's praying for me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let's let God be God. God wants to move among us, but if we don't give him opportunity... If we don't pray, see, a prayerless people is a people that think they got it all under control. Because see, here, and here's the reality. It doesn't matter how unsuccessful or how successful we are. 
Because we all have different bandwidth. We all have different potential. We all have, you know, that, that, that difference of our makeup and who we are. But, but if all we ever lean on is our own strength, you're only going to go as far as what you can go. But when you move past that and you let God introduce the God factor, when you let God be God in your life, when you begin to say, God, I am not enough, but God, you are more than enough. Come on. Something moves us. This building that we're in came out of a place of prayer. Folks, do you know, some of you may not know the miracle of this. I was praying. I was, it was a desperate prayer. We had some other gymnasiums and some other facilities that were lined up, you know, for our charter school and, and some things, and, and those were, 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 well, they were taken away. They, they, got, they got intimidated by success. And in that, they canceled the contracts and weren't going to allow us to use their gyms. And, and I'm in a desperate place. I'm like, God, I, I remember that morning like it, was, like it was this morning. I said, God, I need a building. We needed it for our kids. We needed a building. We were growing as well on the church side, but our school had exploded with growth. And I was like, God, I need a building. And just as you and I are sitting here, he clearly said, berries. And I went, I said it out loud and probably had the same look. I went, berries? Like, God, God, hadn't you been by there? I mean, those 18-wheelers are coming and going. And I mean, it's a busy place. I mean, I knew about berries. My granny used to work for berries. I knew about berries. You know, like, they've been here forever, man. That's a big, big outfit, and, and that's a big building. But off of that word, I got in my vehicle, drove over here, and drove up, and the rest is history. We had a miracle from God. Look at this place. Prayer. Prayer. At one point, the disciples came to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. How many think that's a good thing? <laughs> and Jesus begins to do what we would call reciting the Lord's Prayer. Come on, how many know it? Our Father, who art in heaven. Come on, some of you, it's like you could be asleep and say it. Somebody took off leading it. And yet, what if I told you he wasn't trying to get us to say this 20-something second prayer? But he was giving us a pattern, a method of prayer, a model of prayer. He was connecting it, I believe, it's a remez, it's a connection, divine connection, all the way back in the old covenant when you look at the tabernacle and as you move through into the deepest place of the holiest holy, I believe that it, if you follow that, it'll, it'll take you somewhere. And what I found is as I began to understand this, being more of an outline to pray, so in other words, our Father. So in the beginning of your prayer time, if you approach God and you're saying, 
You are my father. All of a sudden, you're, you're seeing this where it's personal, and this is about your privilege as a child of God, that he's your father who art in heaven, right? This is who God is to you. And you start thinking about who God is in his character, that God is God. And you begin to, in that starting place where you're entering in with some thanksgiving, you're entering in with this awe, you're entering in with this place of knowing that my God is the one true God. Before him, there is no others. And he is my father. And I am his child. Come on, think about that. What would you do for your child? And you start having your mentality shift. Stop seeing God as some old, outdated individual that's wanting to take away your fun in life. Stop seeing God as somebody that's up there just waiting with a big stick for you to mess up so he can whack you. You've got to have that shift of he is our father. He's a good father. And some of us, we don't understand that because of earthly fathers and how bad the failure has been among earthly fathers. But when we understand that our God is a perfect God, he's a perfect father, and then you're entering into that place and you begin to look at his character, who he is in his makeup of character, all of a sudden our trust, our faith, is able to be strong in him. And then you begin to think about his abilities. God has abilities. You know, when you go through and you look at those, those covenant names that he's given us for Jehovah. Come on, Jehovah to sit canoe, our righteousness, Jehovah Makadesh, our sanctification, Jehovah Rofa, Rofa, our healer, Jehovah Shalom, our peace, Jehovah Shammah, the God that's there, Jehovah Roha. I mean, he is our shepherd, the good shepherd. Amen. Jehovah Nisi, he's our victory banner. And you begin to move through those covenant names. What you, again, the, the remez in that, the divine connection in that is from Old Testament. And some of these, some, one of these cults needs to understand this that is all about Jehovah. But Jehovah is Jesus. All you got to do is connect it all the way through the Old Testament. Every place, Jehovah, 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 go to the New Testament. And it's Jesus, 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 Jesus. Right? Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you, even to the ends of the age. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> through no other name will anyone be saved than through Jesus. It's Jesus Christ, him crucified. He paid the price. He died for the sins of mankind. He bridged the gap. That's the power of this. And when you begin to look at his abilities of, of this is what God, this is covenant. He's, listen, it doesn't matter what you're facing. He can bring peace. He can bring calm to that storm of life that you're in. The Bible talks about this peace that can wash over us, that 
surpasses all the mental capacity and mental intellect beyond human reasoning that God can give us peace. I've watched people with that peace on them. I've experienced this myself that have faced or are facing some extreme difficult circumstances and situations. And yet there, you can see the grace that's there. Why? Because they're connected to the peace of God. Jesus has become real in peace. Jehovah Shalom. Come on, Jehovah Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Why? Because he's our peace. And we're going to trust him in this. With God and his abilities, come on, nothing is impossible for God. Now, does it, does it mean that somehow in that you don't have a part to play? No, we, I'll, I'll touch a little more on that. But, but I want you to think about not only, not only about his character, that this is who our God is, and his abilities of this is what God can do, but now his willingness. God's a willing God. Amen? When that, when that man with the withered hand showed up to Jesus said, if you're willing, you could make me clean. That leper, come on, step into that. He said, I'm willing, be clean. I'm willing, be made whole. I'm willing, step into it. Sometimes we're, we're, we're so hesitant and we're, we're wishing that things would happen. We're wishing that things would be different. But God's, I believe God has given us this as a model prayer for us to begin to move through these areas. You'll see provision. Give us this day our daily bread. There's provision there. God wants to be our provider. He wants to demonstrate that he is our resource. He's our all in all, our everything. Lead us not into temptation, right? So in that, God wants to show up in that, to be able to be able to, to give us power to overcome temptation. In those circumstances, in those difficult times of, of struggle, weakness, Come on, how many of you still realize you got some flesh? Some of you need to raise both hands. <laughs> forgive us. It's about people as we forgive others. All the way through. If you took this and you put this in your heart, not just as with an ability to recite it, but with an ability to model it. For years, I implemented this and prayed an hour a day. This past week, Pastor Daniel and I, we were, we were uh, in a place and in, 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 um, facing some things and, and uh, looking to some things, you know, and and uh, in the midst of that, we're looking to God. And one morning, uh, we, we were going to travel together that next day. And uh, whenever we showed up, and I, and I picked him up, and we were, we were loaded up, and we were traveling. I, I was like, man, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I was up about 3.30 this morning. He's like, man, I was up at 1. But I laid in bed a lot longer. Pastor Daniel told me how many, time, how many hours he had been in prayer. And I was like, okay, God, I need to repent right here. 
He has a, he has, listen, when you, you know, some of us have little storage sheds out back with a bunch of junk in it, right? When, when his storage shed is his prayer room, you know the dude is serious. <laughs> you might want to find him if you're in an extreme situation. Say, would you pray for me? The man knows how to pray. And I mean, I delight in it. Whenever I walked in this morning and he walked in, he said, I've been praying this morning for you. I was like, ooh, yeah, come on, I'm ready now. When you know others have you back, when you know others are lifting you up. You know, for me to even come to Christ, for that hunger to even start, I had an aunt and a grandmother that started dedicating one day a week to fast and pray for Walt Landers. They were like, that boy needs to get Jesus. He's a bad influence on all the rest of the cousins. They had ulterior motives. <laughs> <laughs> and they were right, man. I got saved and I started leading them all to Jesus. Like, man, let's 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 have a family revival. And they just broke out. And all my all my crazy friends, you know, party friends were like, ah, he got religion. It'll wear off. It'll wear off. Well, it's been uh let's see, I was twenty-three back then. I I had just turned twenty-three whenever I got saved. Just turned twenty-three. I'll be 62 this year, and I ain't looked back. It ain't wore off. Come on, Jesus is faithful. It's not because of me. It's because of him. And I've, I've watched God do some miracles in people's lives. I've watched people experience absolute transformation, complete breakthroughs, financial resources come, healings come, Marriage is restored. I've seen all kinds of things happen because of prayer. There's something that moves God when you enter into that place. And you, you move beyond self-sufficiency and you move into that place going, God, I need you. God, without you, we can't get this done. When I look at the things that are before us that are stirring in my heart to still get accomplished, I'm like, God, I need you. I can't do this. Not just me. Now, here's something that I'll, I'll let you in on. <laughs> because, and you'll hear this come out of me a lot, is Somehow in this, I've, I've, I've always prayed that, I've, and I've prayed a couple of different things, but, but one of the things that I've prayed over me that I, I just knew that I, I needed is that I would have an obedient spirit. I've prayed that over my kids. Come on, how many of you know some kids need an obedient spirit? That doesn't come always natural. And some have stronger wills than others, and we won't mention any names like Megan, but anyway... We were just, <laughs> I don't know where she's at. I'm probably in trouble now. <laughs> but to pray.
over your life, to pray that over your family, to have an obedient spirit so that if God speaks, that I, I won't be in this, in this place of just, because think about this, for this building, there was so many opportunities for me to check out of it. I mean, from the moment when, when God said berries, because that's who was occupying this place. And everything in my own brain was saying, there's a business there. That's huge. Things massive. I had no idea when I drove up and the GM walked out to talk to me. And I, and I, and I recognized him. And I, then, I, then I was just joking. I was like, what are you doing here, Pastor? I'm like, I'm here for the building. I was just joking what I thought. The look on their face, it was like they went white. And I'll never forget when Sandra looked at me and she said, who told you? <laughs> I was like, feeling like, uh-oh, I know something I'm not supposed to know. Who told you? And I'm like, well, I was praying this morning and I felt like God spoke to me about this building. She said, you didn't hear it on the media. You didn't hear it on the news. You didn't hear it. You know, I was like, no. She said, oh, my God. She said, this morning they told us they're going to relocate us to California. In about six months, this building will be cleared out and empty. And even with all of that, there was still plenty of opportunities to check out. I thought, there is no way in my natural mind. Our elders, it was such a stretch. We had marathon meetings. I mean, it's like, I mean, we, you know, I've, I've got some, some real numbers guys in there, you know, so we're crunching numbers, and it's like, dang, we can't pay the insurance and the light bill on that place. <laughs> That's where we were back then. It's like, wow. We were still in debt over at the other building. But God, what is it in your life? I believe God wants to move you this morning to a place of prayer. There are some things stirring in your heart. You may be up against the wall. You may be facing some things that you need the God of breakthrough in. You need a miracle. You need God to show up. And he's calling to you to move into that place of prayer. And some of you have struggled with this. My hopes is to maybe share some more things in the weeks ahead. And, 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 and believe me, you can, you can Google it. Now, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there on the Lord's Prayer. But there, 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 and, and so you may have to comb through some stuff, but there is some really good resources specific that see this as a, as a model, as a pattern. It'll help you pray. If you'll take this, I, I pray that this empowers you, that you'll take this prayer that Jesus said, here's how you pray. And you'll begin to go through it like an outline rather than reciting it. And with each point, each verse, you'll stop, you'll pause, and you'll think about it, and you'll move into that place and begin to pray specific to that area. And you'll begin to see God move you into a deeper place of prayer.
I believe that this move of God that we're starting to see happen. And at Asbury, they're, they're saying that now other universities are breaking out where young people are moving into that place. I thank God for that. Come on, these up-and-coming Gen Zers, we need them to have a heart for God. So many of them, they hadn't been raised in church. They don't know about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They don't know about Noah and the ark. They don't know about Moses. They don't know about even Jesus. But God says, I'm marking you. There's something happening among these young people. And we need it. Listen, just within the next few years, they're saying that over 70% of the workforce will be made up of Gen Z and millennials. All us old farts, I mean old guys and gals, we're on our way out. These younger generations, they're coming. God's on the move. Why wouldn't he? To capture generation and allow that to spread like wildfire. Lord, let it be so. Let revival truly come. Oh, I pray that you'll begin to pray that. You'll begin to move into that place and begin to pray over our young people and those that are coming behind us that we'll be able to even even for us and listen, they need our experience. They need they need us old guys. You can you can't shortcut experience. <laughs> they need us to hang around. They just don't need us to suppress and squash. And Come on, some of us are going to have to be willing to step out of the way. Maybe, maybe, maybe it doesn't look like what, what we thought it should look like. I hear that a lot. I have to keep reminding myself. I have to keep reminding others. You know what? It's not about us. What's God doing in the next generation, in the next generation? And what does that look like? And what is happening? Can we embrace what God is doing in those generations? Can we embrace if it just breaks out? My wife was saying, well, what would, what would you do? You know, it's like, this building's already used 24-7 and nearly already. We got a lot of activities happening here. I said, we'll find somewhere. We'll clear space. We've got, you know, with the admin building, we've got that one side there that part of that is to build out a chapel. Like, there's no walls there now for the most part. We'll just clear it out. We'll start having morning prayer. Whatever, whatever God wants to do, we want to move into that. Begin to say, yes, Lord. I don't know about you, but the other thing, that I have prayed throughout the years is that I'll never be on the outside looking into a move of God, that I'll be able to be in the middle of it. Man, I, I tell you, Pastor Olin, my pastor, he's in, he's in his mid-80s, and he doesn't grow old. Texting him this morning and talking about this, he already has a plane ticket. He leaves on Wednesday to fly to Kentucky to be in that, him and Wayne Wilkes. He's not going to miss out on the move of God. I'm like, dang it, I was thinking about going. He's already got his plane ticket going. But at the same time, in our discussion, you don't have to go there and find something.
believe God can break it out right here. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to enter into this last moment in time here together in, in prayer and some worship. I believe that some of you are just going to move into this fresh place and you're just going to offer yourself to Him. That's really what true worship is. I mean, I love and I appreciate the songs that we sing and the team and the amount of, of uh, skill and dedication and effort in everything that they do. I mean, it is an art and it is with excellence and man, they are rocking it. Woo! <laughs> but it would, it would be a complete failure if that doesn't translate because I know their heart. Their, their heart isn't to be up here and perform. Their heart is to see you not be a spectator, but to participate. For you to enter into that place. And that's what true worship really is. It's about offering ourselves to Him. In this altar call, some of you may need Jesus today. Just, I already preached the gospel. I already told you how you can do it. Just, just begin to say, Jesus. Be the Lord of my life, just like Pastor Walt in his bedroom. Be the Lord. Show up. I believe. Just let him know. Then you tell someone. But in this place, as we sing this last song, why not truly move in and just offer yourself to him today? Father, we thank you for that. God, thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for showing yourself big for each and every person, not only that's here this morning, but those that by live stream, those that by video that will watch later. God, that you show up, touch their lives, empower their lives, show yourself strong. I'm going to share one more thing. I want you to look at me just a minute. I just want one last thing because I want to show you the power of this. I had a family member years ago. They were in a deep, dark place in depression. They were hospitalized. They weren't responding. Doctors were trying to work with them, and they just they weren't going to respond. Suicidal. I'm talking deep, dark place. And I got on my face before God, and I began to pray. And, and I began to move in this place of intercession. It's, it's, it's hard to fully explain it other than, than just, just try, to, try to hear me. And, and in this place, as I'm praying... I, it was like I began to visualize and I began to just declare, God, just touch them. Just reach down and touch them. One touch from you, God. I, you know, I was fairly still, still new in this, in this prayer journey of going deeper. And I just began to say that over and over again. And I did that for multiple days. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call. And they're out. They're out of the hospital. And it's like, whoa, they weren't even responding. They're, they released them. Did they release it too early? What happened? Like, no, there was something transformational that happened. So I went and talked to them. They said they'd gotten down on their knees. They felt like they needed to pray. And they said as they began to pray, their words were, in my mind's eye, they didn't know how to describe it. It was a spiritual encounter. They said, in my mind's eye, I saw this hand, this white, like, white glove reaching down towards me. And they said, initially, the first night, it scared them, and they got up and shook it off. I was like, oh, no, 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 that, that's too weird. And then it happened to them again, and it happened to them again. And that last time, they said, you know what? They just determined, I'm going to stay right here and see what happens. 
And they said, when that white glove touched them from the top of their head, that there was this peace that washed over them. And everything was okay. Come on. Some of you, God's calling you to that place. You're going to be a game changer for someone's life. Let's worship.